understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Welcome to The Stranded Phase Podcast. If you're new to the podcast, a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. We talk shit on here. We talk about our stuck phase. We talk about some of the most intimate feelings that other people aren't even willing to acknowledge. Try to put words and applicable things that we can do to make the shifts and changes necessary and just endure the times that we're in because... Sometimes circumstances are inevitable, but they are here to teach us something. And so we are always talking about embracing your stuck so that you can learn and grow to be the best version of yourself on the other side. So if you're new, Fridays are typically something we call 15 minute Friday, where I just give you applicable content to apply to your life right now that you can like adjust, listen, soak in over the weekend and get to it the following week. Now, this episode is on a Friday, so happy flipping Friday, y'all. But fair warning, this episode will be applicable, but it will not be 15 minutes because I got some shit to talk about, y'all. So this Friday, I want to talk to you about something that I feel like is so necessary. And this all birthed from an Instagram post. And so I'm going to read it to you. So I'm a mother of two children. One is my three-year-old toddler who can raise hell in any room and my 11-year-old stepdaughter who is literally the love of my life. And I still, even though I have a three-year-old and I've been a stepmom for almost seven years now, I still feel like motherhood is, how do I explain this? My least attractive trait the thing I feel the most unwelcome in, the thing I feel like my weirdest self, the least incompetent. You ever walked in a room and you're like, damn, I'm definitely the dumbest person in here. That's how I feel being a mom. I just feel like I'm constantly winging it and nothing ever quite validates or makes me feel like, damn, I'm a good mom. Like, and here's the thing. I feel like that about a lot of things. So it's not that I don't have the ability to feel that way. I feel like I'm a great business owner. I feel like I'm a somewhat good leader. I feel like I'm a great coach, a great mentor. Um, I'm a pretty good girlfriend. Motherhood, bottom of the list, right? So let's jump into this, but I want to read this post first. And I want you to hear this because this is a letter to you. If you're a mom, I don't care if you have a a three-week-old child, if you are pregnant and preparing for birth, or you have a 10-year-old, maybe you have an 18-year-old. I need you to hear this. Mamas, can I be honest with you for a second? Motherhood was not what I thought it would be. And to take it a step further, there's actually not a thing convenient about it. My girl Courtney Sanders said on an episode of my show once, there's no hood like motherhood. And I feel like she was not lying. I thought I was tough as nails until Cam came along. But when I heard Alicia Reese say on my show recently that she felt duped about having a child 
because having a child seemed like this pinnacle moment for everyone. It was this must-do experience that you would birth a child and look at it and feel this immense joy that you never felt with anything else in your life. And immediately when she was rushed into motherhood, she said she did not feel that way. It wasn't this pinnacle moment. And I never felt more heard in my life. Now, this kid is a gift, y'all. We still wonder how we got so lucky because this is one happy boy and he brings his family so much joy. And that's so true, y'all. But the truth is that juggling kids, a business, any type of romance, your health and trying to learn and grow is a forever balancing act and it is hard on everyone around you. I just want mamas to know that you do not have to choose. You are worthy of having both. You are worthy of having it all. You are worthy of and, not or. And even when it's hard for everyone around you, sometimes you have to force it. You have to choose it daily. Your kids deserve time with you, yes. But they also deserve to see your goals met. They deserve to see you walking in your purpose so they can watch you experience true joy. And they deserve to receive you in your wholeness. And sometimes... It'll feel like too much to bear and you'll want to give up. But just remember, there is no greater gift you can give your child than a mama filled with purpose whose footsteps they can follow. Do you know why I read that? I wrote that because every morning I struggle with two completely what feels like bipolar emotions. When my kid wakes up, my three-year-old who's climbed in my bed at some point around four o'clock in the morning, and then we wake him up because we always wake up before him, we wake him up. He's filled with joy. He's so happy to wake up. He's the happiest person on earth. And I have these moments where I go, oh my God, I would never get this much joy out of anything or anyone else, not even my spouse. But within the next 30 to 45 minutes, trying to get him out of bed, get him dressed, get him out the door, fed breakfast in a high chair, you know, moving out the door into daycare within the hour so that I can get him to daycare on time and back home to work and run my business that I'm in the process of scaling. There's an attitude, there's whining, there's crying, there's stress, there's complications, there's difficulty, there's resistance. And my stress becomes so heightened that I'm like, how within an hour do I feel this immense joy for having this happy child to a level of stress that I feel like I never bargained for? And I don't know about y'all, but one of the things that triggers the hell out of me the most is my crying child, my crying toddler. And I know that sounds crazy because I remember when Cam was in the NICU and they finally told us we were going to take him home soon. They said, oh, but you got to come and you have to do this I forgot what it was called technically, but it was basically watch a video and listen to this woman talk to me about how I can't shake my baby and the car seat test and all these other things. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I know it's just, it's, it's like protocol. We have to do it when you leave the NICU. So I come in and she's showing me these videos of these crying babies and how at some point you'll want to shake your child. And of course the optimist in me is like, I would never. I would never like, I've waited 82 days to get this child home. I would never even think about that because I'll be so overwhelmingly grateful because I didn't get to have my child at home for 80 something days like most moms. So I'm never gonna, he'll never stress me out. I'll be so happy. Sure, sure I won't. There's been at least 50 times 
in maybe the last two months that I've been like, I get why people shake their child. I totally get it. I totally get it. And if you're even in the younger phases where your child is constantly whining, because there's something in me, it just triggers. Like when my child whines from like the whiniest place, it's like my gut just turns and I'm like, oh, and I want it to quit. But then I'm in this, in this phase where I have to also, you know, teach him when it's okay to cry and when it's, you're just whining because you're not getting what you want. Like, teaching him how to deal with the emotions. So sometimes I can't always cater to it. And when we're having a whiny day, I am like turned up. I'm like, I, oh my God. Okay. I, whew, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like this is too much. Okay. So first things I want to talk about with this feeling is that we've all experienced it and it is okay. It is okay to be absolutely head over heels, gaga, just gooey eyes, gluey over your child. You adore them. You should. You birthed these children. You're going to raise them. They are the apple of their of your eye, the diamond in the sky, as they should be. In that same breath, you are also allowed to feel like, I don't want to be around you right now. You're driving me crazy. I'm triggered as hell. And I really want to leave you here and walk away so that I don't shake the shit out of you. I know that's a really hard pill to swallow, but I need you to understand that it is totally natural and okay. What you can't do from that is derive any shame or guilt and put that on yourself. You cannot. So this is what I want to start with because feelings like that make us feel guilt and shame, right? And this is where mom guilt and mom shame is birthed from. So I want to talk about mom guilt and mom shame and give you like some form around this so that you can kind of understand your feelings around this some time to time. And this might help you a lot. Mom guilt. There's, I I read about this once and loved it. And it helped me a lot is that there's two forms of mom guilt, right? There is guilt that is necessary because I've heard the way I define guilt and shame that I've, I, I heard from Brene Brown is guilt is supposed to be motivational. It's supposed to be you realizing that the behavior or action that you took may not have been best and that you could have done it better and you only form an opinion around the action, right? So I fed my child cookies for dinner. I probably shouldn't have done that. I know how to feed him better. I could have done better. Um, Next tomorrow, I'm going to make sure that I am available an hour early to cook him a real dinner. Realize I never became, allowed myself to become reflective of that. I never said, I'm a bad mom. I'm a piece of junk. I'm lazy. I'm this. I fed my kid junk food. What a piece of junk I am. So I allowed the guilt to remain about the poor behavior or poor action, right? So if you do guilt correctly, you just motivate yourself to do something right, like sometimes guilt is just to signal us that there's a better way. I've, I experienced a level of guilt, which just made me switch my son daycares, right? He was really far from us. So we planned on switching him anyway, but I was getting a lot of guilt because Cam was craving a lot of sugars and sweets because at the daycare that when I wasn't packing him a lunch, which would, could be often sometimes when I was really busy, they were feeding him pizza and tater tots and rice like yellow rice, like salty ass yellow rice. So when he was home, all he wanted was sugar and salt. That's all he wanted was sugar and salty foods. And every day he asked me for pizza every day. And so I had this guilt and I was like, this can be solved. You just need to switch him daycares where they have a menu and you know, that's closer. So you have more time to pack him a lunch. 
switching him daycares last week. Best decision I've ever made. He's already eating better. I get a report on what he eats every day. They say he's eating vegetables every day. Like that was a guilt that I needed. It was a signal to kind of send me, push me in the right direction for a problem that I knew I had the ability and power to fix. Right. But then there's another type of guilt. There's this perfectionist guilt, this shaming guilt, this validate my low self-esteem. I'm not a perfect, perfect parent type of guilt, right? When naturally, first of all, like that type of guilt makes us think that we're not enough. And naturally, first of all, I need you to know that none of us know how to parent. None of us know how to parent perfectly. And when we experience that type of guilt from some type of comparison, right? Because the perfection in perfectionist in us, while it might be a personal trait that you've had for a very long time, we're also comparing it to other people, right? We see moms giving their child green smoothies and veggies all day. We see them taking them on exercises. We see them giving them fight words, um, fight words, sight words, and using sidewalk chalk to teach them the alphabet. And we're like, shit, I'm at work. Like what a piece of crap mom I am. That is comparison that is unnecessary. That is comparison that is only going to lead you to feel one feeling that leads to a lack of self-confidence that is going to lead to you being a even worse parent. It's going to lead you to feel a level of inadequacy, inadequate, right? And I'm just thinking about some of the women I know, myself included. I can't handle feeling inadequate, right? Like if you put me in a room and you ask me to do something and within 10 minutes, I'm like, I can't do it. I'm in competition mode, like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm going to figure out how to do this because you're not going to look me in my face and make me feel inadequate. I'm going to show you that I know how to do this. So as a parent feeling inadequate, I'm like, oh, hell no. Either I'm going to rise above or I'm going to let that swallow me and tell myself I'm not a normal mom. I'm not, I'm not a perfect parent. I'm not as bomb as these other moms are. And, and that will lead me into shame. Shame. Shame is reflective of you, right? Shame is you taking the mirror, flipping it on yourself based on some poor actions or poor decisions. And it is, it sends you into like the worst level of self-reflection. So now you're like, I'm a bad mom. You know, my stomach hurts when my son cries. I get annoyed. I roll my eyes. I get upset. I'm triggered as hell. I'm a horrible mom. I was not made for this. I'm I don't love my son like everyone else loves their son. Like something's wrong with me. I'm not a great mom. I shouldn't have done this now. Like it becomes reflective of you. You think that everything that you're doing right now for your son in the long or your child in the long run is going to affect them. That You are just literally messing your child up for life. Like your child's going to become a crackhead and homeless because or fat because you're not feeding them green beans right now. It, it You've allowed it to become reflective and which leads to shame leads to depression, addiction, um, sadness, like all these bad things where if we allow proper guilt to just signal us that we should be doing something different, it works out so much better. It's actually motivational. It's actually motivational. And so now that we can acknowledge that this is happening, happening to every single one of us, because I want to go down this list of like some of the things that I know you're probably feeling. If you have a little one, it's the crying 
right? It's the crying. It's the feeding them formula when you swore up and down you were going to breastfeed for two and a half years so that your child had this perfect immune system. And now something has happened or you can't develop breast milk and now you can't feed them properly. And now you have to switch to formula and you've read all these things about formula can cause cancer or it's not as good or their immune system won't be as well. They won't be able to fight, fight any infections. And now this is all your fault. If you have a toddler, you're not feeding them enough vegetables. You're giving them dairy, which causes them cancer. You're feeding them sugary foods, which in the long run is going to mess them up because they're going to be some 16-year-old addicted to sugary fat foods who's going to be overweight and it'll be too late for you to fix it because you've completely ruined your child. You work too much, so you don't spend enough time with them. So your child's going to grow up thinking that their, their daycares and their teachers are more meaningful and more powerful than you and any type of impact that you can have on your child's life because you're working all the time. God forbid, you crazy mom that works all the time, right? Or that you take some time to yourself and you feel like you're choosing yourself and your selfishness over your child and spending time with your child because somewhere in us, we've got this insane this insane, insane perspective that we have to spend every waking moment with our child, whether we are aggravated or in love, because we are supposed to be so grateful for this little being that God gifted us. We're supposed to be so in love. And that love is supposed to equate in time. Like that love can only be shown to a child through spending enormous amounts of time and attention with them. Right? First of all, putting that much pressure on yourself leads to anxiety, panic, and ultimately makes you freaking empty. And let me tell you how messy it is for you to serve and raise your child from an empty cup. You want to talk about poor motherhood? Raise your child from an empty cup. That's like, that is about the most detrimental thing you can do is serving your child incomplete. I remember I posted a quote recently that said, one of the greatest gifts you can give your child is your wholeness. You have to remember that we can tell our children a thousand times when they're old enough to understand us, everything under the sun, but we all know from experience and looking at our own damn lives that we only behave based on leadership and experience and what we've seen our parents do, right? You're in therapy right now trying to figure out why you fight with your spouse all the time when your parents told you that they don't fight and that was irrelevant and they they handle things appropriately. But in reality, you saw them fight all the time. You saw what they did. You didn't care what they say. Your children need more than anything to experience your wholeness. So if you are empty right now, check yourself right now and figure out why. And what can I do? How can I go back to the basics to fill my cup so that I can serve my child from a full place? It takes a lot for me to get short-tempered with my son because I'm so full, because I live a life on my own terms, and because this going to hurt some feelings. This, somebody's somebody's going <gasps> to in their chair right now, but because a lot of times I put myself before my son. I really, really do. And to me, as a mother, my sanity for him is so, so necessary. And this is why... Everyone at the daycare and everyone that meets him is always like, oh my God, why is he so happy all the time? Because I'm happy all the time. Because I prioritize me. I just think about, if you haven't watched that interview on the Red Table Talk recently with Brene Brown, first of all, it's amazing. It's so worth watching. I, I love everything Brene Brown stands for around shame and guilt. But at the very end of the interview, Jada invites her, I think it's like an aunt and a cousin, 
and she says that they love you so much they want to come talk to you and the aunt comes in and she's older she has to be in her late 40s 50s or she was just so beautiful maybe she was in her 60s so she comes in she sits down and she tells Brene um I have this feeling like I have to do something for myself. I feel like I have a calling on my life. You know, I want to do something for me, but I don't even know how. And I have so much guilt about doing it because I have to step away. I find that I'm having to step away from my kids a lot to do it. And she said, why do I feel so much resistance and guilt from this? And So they dive deep into it and she tells her how her whole life, all she's done is take care of her spouse and her kids. She's been a stay at home mom. This was her life. Like this was what she was supposed to do is make sure that these kids were raised right and done well. And all her kids were damn near grown. And if you could see the look on her face, like I just encourage you to go watch it and see the look on her face. And then how she was crying when Renee was talking to her that like there was a woman an incredible, amazing, powerful, intelligent woman on Red Table Talk talking about how she wanted to do something for herself and she felt guilty about it. She wanted to walk in her purpose and do something she felt called to do and she was she felt so guilty about it because she would have to distance herself from her children that she was crying and they were grown. Guys, the whole purpose of ridding yourself or learning to swim in and let go of the lie that is mother, that is mom guilt and mom shame is so that you don't look up when your children are grown and go, who the fuck am I? Who am I? What am I supposed to do with myself? Yes, I worked a job this entire time to feed my children. Yes, that was important. Yes, then I spent every waking moment outside of that with my child to make sure that they knew they had attention and were loved and were seen and were heard. I never did that for myself. I never did that for myself. Every single time I think about taking a break, going on vacation, going somewhere without my son, and I feel like just a tiny bit of guilt... I always think about my mother. My mom always tells me when I'm telling her something, she doesn't get half the shit I do, by the way. She's just like here for the ride. Like, oh, well, what else did you do? Did you make more money? Did you, are you speaking on a state? Like she's just here for it all. And she's taken the opportunity to tell me several times, I'm so proud of you. And I think it's so cool that you constantly put yourself first. And We've had conversations at length and she always tells me like, I love that you do what you want and you will put everything aside to make it happen. And she said, because I can always see the result of how happy it makes you just all around. Like it makes you so happy. She's like, because when I was your age, I wanted to be an author. I wanted to write books. I wanted, I wanted to dance. I wanted to, um, you know, like direct movies and publish books. And she said, I never even thought about pursuing any of that when I got, after I got married and then I had you because I thought my life was over. Like looking back on it, I thought my life, the rest of my life was now committed to having a job so that I could have some income, you and your father. Like that any of those other things were out of the question. And she's like, and now I'm 60 years old. You're fully functional. 
you know, and I'm looking up and I'm like, damn, why didn't I do any of those things? Like, I still love those things. And she's like, and I watch you and you unapologetically do those things because you know they're what make you happy with a child, with a husband, with children and a husband. What I don't want you guys to do is to devote every waking moment and then all of your guilt and all of your shame and allow something that is supposed to be the most incredible part of your life, which is motherhood, be the very thing that makes you not confident, feel inadequate. So here, let me dive into this for a second deeper. Why do you think women have such a hard time getting their sexy back? This is what we call it, right? We say, I just feel so awkward. I don't really feel sexy anymore after our children. And then we always assign it to the weight gain, right? Well, I've gained so much weight. I don't feel sexy anymore. Yes, that's a good portion of it. But do you also know why? Because we have all of a sudden devoted our lives to this little person and they get all of our time, all of our love, all of our attention, everything that we have, we give to them. And now we have nothing, literally nothing left to offer ourselves. And because it's such a thankless job, listen to me when I say this, parenting until your child is old enough to literally love on you until you thank you it is one of the most thankless jobs you will ever do you are giving 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 with nothing in return so because it is this thankless job you are constantly not being validated you are not told thank you you you're you begin to compare yourself to other moms. So you acquire this low self-esteem. You start to lose your confidence because you're putting everything that you have to offer, all that self-care, that self-love, that attention, journaling, reading, doing the things that fill your cup, romance, all these things that you could be doing that make you and give you confidence and give you, give you your power back. And Things that could make you feel like you're walking in your purpose, which by the way, we'll get into that. Your children are not your purpose, but whatever. I'm gonna let y'all have that one today. The things that fill your cup are all being put into your children. And so we wonder why it takes three, five, 10 years to feel damn near human again and ladylike is because we are, our confidence is suffering, our self-esteem is suffering, our ego is suffering. All of these things are suffering because we are putting all of our time, all of our attention, all of our energy, everything that we have to offer into our thankless children. I'm gonna let that resonate because somebody just said, somebody just said, oh, you sound like a piece of shit when you said that. I absolutely did. Because the one thing that I have learned over the last three years is that no matter what, I have to, have to, have to put myself first. I come before my children. I do. I do. You do too. Because in order for me to serve from a sane, not just sane, fuck sanity, a happy place, I have to have my cup full. Now, when I say putting myself first, don't take this out of context. I'm not hitting the strip clubs or going to the clubs every night or, you know, just being like, see ya, holler, bye, like every weekend to my kids. But trust me when I tell you, I know when I need it. I know when I'm triggered and I absolutely know when to call on help and step away. And so you guys know I couldn't give you an episode, right? Without um, applicable content. So I'm going to, we're going to talk about real quick. Can you hear the paper turning? I took notes for this, y'all. We're going to talk about eight things that you can do right now, whether you have an infant, a toddler, 
or a grown ass child to release some of this mom guilt, some of this mom shame and get your sexy back. And when I say get your sexy back, this is not the physical. This is the physical, the mental, the the internal, just like that walking beam that you were. Like, why do you think so many people get married, have children, and then divorced? Yes, sure. Chalk it up to your husband being a piece of shit. But we lose ourselves and our children, too. To the point where we forgot how to please our husbands. We forgot the person that we were when our husband fell in love with us. That girl that walked with her head held higher, her chin held higher, with higher heels on her and her chest out. That wasn't indicative of your weight. You gained and lost weight all the time. You have lost yourself in your child, but there's still time. There's still a choice. So number one, here we go. Do not allow anyone in your life that shames you or makes you feel some level of shame about the way that you parent. And I'm talking about all of it. The way you feed your child, the way you prioritize your child, the way you help your child, the way you educate your child. If you feel any level of shame, They got to go. Don't allow them in your circle. It's time to clean house, spring fucking cleaning, get them out of your circle. If they make you feel any level of shame. Now, somebody's listening to this and you're going to say, well, that was, that's easy to say, but it's my mom. It's my aunt. It's my husband. It's my this. It's my that. Well, I suggest you stand your ground. And then you need to define to yourself whether this is guilt or shame, because everything isn't mom shaming, right? We just talked about guilt signaling you to make a change, right? If Chris would have came to me, actually he did. He came to me and he was like, yo, they're feeding Cameron pizza every day. And I'm like, I know. And he was like, yeah, we got to do something about this. But what he really meant was you got to do something about this because I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to find him a new daycare. I can't expect him to do that. So he meant I needed to do something about this. I could have took that as shame. Like, damn, I'm such a bad mom. You know, why did I let him go to that daycare in the first place? Blah, 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 blah. No, that was the kill I needed. That was a signal. Like just make an adjustment. You can control this, fix it. But any level of mom shame, like, why are you still breastfeeding? Why aren't you breastfeeding? You know, why are you feeding your child this? Like, I always laugh about it and think about, I have a good friend that always says, child, feed that baby a hot dog and call it a day. Like, we can't do that every day, but you on the run, you're a business owner, you're trying to make shit happen. He's crying, he's whining because he wants a cookie. Give that baby a hot dog and keep it moving. Sometimes it just be like that and that's okay. So anybody that's not going to allow you to live your life, comfortably parent your child the way that you choose and see fit, they got to go. Snip, snip. They got to go. Number two, put yourself first. Put yourself first. Put yourself first. Put yourself first. If I could dance while I was saying this, like put yourself first. Y'all, this hurts and triggers so many people when I say it. But you cannot serve from an empty cup. And if, you, and if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, so where does that even begin? Because I still get my nails done. I still get my toes done. You know, sometimes I go get in the bathtub and read a book and my, my husband or my boyfriend or my baby daddy or whoever watches our child, you know, like I, I get some of that time. The, a way you can literally counter this immediately is to start writing down what triggers you, right? Writing down what triggers you. For me, Cam crying triggers the hell out of me, like constantly. Like he can cry four or five times in a a few hours. But if he's like in a whiny this morning, super whiny, like he woke up aggravated, whined about everything. Whined when I gave him a smoothie. Whined when I tried to feed him. Whined when I said it was time to go. Just whine, whine, whine. And I find myself like it's just this 
guilt and anger just like rising in my stomach where I'm like, oh my God, shut up, just stop. That triggers me. Cam whining and crying triggers the hell out of me. When we have several nights back to back where he's waking up in the middle of the night and up for hours at a time because he's sick or this or that, I can totally be compassionate with him, but I'm also triggered because I'm not getting any sleep. So I'm getting annoyed. So you know what that equates to? Then I'm getting annoyed with my spouse because I'm like, yo, you see him doing this three nights in a row. You're not going to offer to help. Oh, and now you also want me to take him to school. And now there's all these unmet expectations because I want my spouse to pick up on the things that other things that they're not acknowledging because I'm losing sleep and now I'm getting annoyed with you and we're about to fight because I think that you are literally ignoring everything when in reality you have a one-track mind you don't even notice right and so now this is going to put a dent in my relationship when it's just a story I'm creating in my head because something like losing sleep has triggered me so I have learned Putting yourself first doesn't always have to be running away and taking a a four-day trip. Sometimes it does. I know. But it's all about communicating your triggers and communicating when you need time to step away. I've had times where I'm like, I can't think straight. I can't run my business straight. I've lost sleep. I'm, I'm not my normal self. I'm not creative. I'm lost. And I can go to my spouse. And I'm not saying everyone has this, this, this benefit. But I can go to my spouse or I can go to my mother and say, hey, I need three days. I need three days to step away. I need to be in my own thoughts. And as moms, we don't value time in our own thoughts. Do you know that you can watch a child and keep up with a husband and be working for everyone and people pleasing everyone and trying to take care of everyone and look up one day and realize that your thoughts are not even that of your own? You don't even know what you fucking think. Because you're so busy trying to predict what other people think so that you can be 10 steps ahead to take care of them correctly. Putting yourself means first means stepping away. Putting yourself first means identifying the triggers and being clear about it. I literally, third night in a row, will wake my partner up and be like, hey, this is third night stand up. I did the first two nights. I need you to take this one. I'm exhausted. And he'll be like, okay. Like, or Cam's super sick for three days and I'm like, mom, I got to bring him up there to you. You know, I got work to do. My business is falling, falling apart at the seams. I have to be present. I'm going to come up there. I'm going to take care of him, but I'm going to work from home as well so that I have help. You know, I'm willing to do anything it takes to maintain my sanity while taking care of my child because I know how critical it is. I know how critical it is. There's no reason I should drive myself up a wall to the point where I can't, I'm so tired, I can't even breathe and I'm losing, not can't even breathe, but can't even think and I'm losing my shit just trying to keep this child alive. Please, 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 I beg you, put yourself first and start doing it now. I don't care how old they are because you are creating a habit within yourself to think for this little human to the point where as the years go on, it's only going to get worse. And you're going to look up one day and not know who the fuck you are. Please put yourself first. Start now. I want to talk about this really quick before I move on to the next one. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they talked about a case study where they sat down like over 500 teachers and they told them, you know, what makes for a great day? Tell us about a great day. And the teacher was like, oh, I would do this and I would go to the beach and I would blah, blah, blah. And they like allowed them to like visualize their best day. And then they said, okay, here's your 30 students, teacher, uh, 30 students. Here's their most recent test. Please grade it. And they graded it. Right. 
And then they took the other half of the teachers and said, tell us your worst day. Like, what's the worst day you've ever had? So they explained it, like spilling coffee all over themselves, you know, crashing their car before on their way to work, like all these things. And then they said, okay, please grade these papers. They graded the same exact papers, same exact papers. On average, the grades were a grade and a half below the grades of the teachers with the positive attitude, right? So I'm using this in the mode of explaining this to you from someone that gets paid to take care of children, but imagine how you parent then. When your cup is empty, when you're exhausted, when you've worked all day, when you're irritated, when you haven't done anything for yourself, when you haven't stepped away from your child for a whole fucking year. I always remember my neighbor telling me, oh, my child's two and I've only been away from her two whole days. What? What? When you are exhausted and you haven't gotten away from your child and you can't even think for yourself, this is the type of result you get as a parent. You're only giving them part of you. You're giving them the most negative version of you. You're giving them the most impatient version of you. And therefore, they're seeing the worst version of you. What do you think they're going to take with them? Who do you think they're going to become? This is why putting yourself first is so important. You have to fill their cup, serve them and show them, lead them from the most filled, happy place you can create for yourself. Number three, newsflash, truth bomb. You will contradict yourself and you will have unmet expectation from yourself and that's okay. You might wake up one day and say, okay, I am going to feed my kid all veggies today. I made them last night. You know, I'm going to make sure he drinks more water. I'm going to make sure we go outside today. I'm going to take him to the theme park. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then something happens. He's sick. He's whiny today. He's throwing tantrums in the grocery store before you even made it to the beach. And you're exhausted. And instead, you just prefer to go home. And now you have not met your set out expectations, which allow you to feel a level of shame. No. No, no. Motherhood is a mess. There's no hood like motherhood. It's unexpected. It's messy. It's not perfect. We're winging it most of the time. If you set ridiculous, uh, ridiculous expectations for yourself, please expect them to be unmet more times than most. And it's normal. It's completely normal. You will contradict yourself. You'll tell your best friend with her child to breastfeed until six months because your child never gets sick. And then you'll stop breastfeeding the next day because you have something bad happen. Like, just understand you will contradict yourself as a parent and there will be plenty of unmet expectations. Best thing you you can do for yourself is ease the fuck up on that. Number four, trust your gut and stop questioning yourself. Trust your gut and stop questioning yourself. Trust your gut and stop questioning yourself. Do you know how many times I felt like cussing a doctor out when in reality I knew better and should have said something, but I didn't because I thought I wasn't that great of a mom and I probably was just being a helicopter mom or I've never had a child before, so I don't really know what this is like. And I should have said something because I knew better and wanted to cuss the doctor out because they didn't give us the right you know, medicine or write this or write that when in reality, had I said something and trusted my gut, I would have fixed the problem myself. Trust your gut and stop questioning yourself. Even if that means giving your child French fries on the way home today, because that's going to give you guys more time to spend together tonight. Trust your gut. 
Trust your gut. I'm not kidding. I went this whole thing in the end of 2019 for three months about Cam where his ears were bleeding because he had ear tubes in and I had a doctor telling me that it was completely normal. And finally one day I called a specialist and told her what happened and she was like, what? This is so bad. That means he's had an infection for that long. You know, get him in right now. She drained his ears, like told me we were probably going to have to get new surgery, all this stuff. And I was just like, man, I knew that. Like, I knew that. Trust your gut, mamas. Trust your gut. You'll be happier, safer, not sorry when you trust your gut. Trust your gut and trust yourself. Stop questioning yourself. Number five. I want you to start guarding your truth the way you guard your damn man, right? Anything else you care about, your friends, your man, they come for you in the comments online, you'll go freaking nuts. You know, like anything, anything my man does right now online, Facebook, Instagram, people be in the comments hating like it's nobody's business. They don't even got to talk about me. It makes me want to go in the comments and, and just slash people with a, with a machete knife, like shut up. Y'all don't even know how hard this man works. Like I'd be wanting to come for people, right? Because I know the truth. I'll guard my man with anything because I know the truth. I know how hard he works. I know what he's been through. I know what he's sacrificed. I know what he's done. Listen, but then, but then when it comes to motherhood, we could let somebody without kids step in or a grandmother who's had, you know, five children give us some advice when Ain't nobody an expert at 21st century parenting, okay? Guard your truth the way you guard your man. Like people are always going to challenge your choices. Listen to me. People are always going to challenge your choices. This is just like I teach in self-development. People are going to judge you whether you hit the mark or not, so you might as well hit the gas. You take your kid outside too long. They don't need that much sun exposure. You need to make sure you put SPF on them. You know, they sweat like that. Then they're not going to sleep tonight. And then you leave your kid in the house all day and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, that's too much screen time. They're not, they're not getting enough natural play. They don't know what it's like to be outside and, and deal with adversity. They going to judge you and challenge your choices, whether you hit the mark or not. So you might as well trust your truth and do what you do and love the way that you do it. The only way that you're going to rid yourself of mom guilt and mom shame is trusting yourself, trusting your gut, not questioning yourself and trusting your truth and guarding it like your life. I just imagine you there batting, like just batting the flyaways of people in their comments and their bullshit. Bye. No, get out. Not happening. Stop. Is your child alive? Are they fed? Are they happy? That's all you need to worry about. Plus, they're only challenging your choices to validate their own. That's a whole nother podcast though. Number six, do it yourself. And this is something I always teach in all of my self-development courses, programs, coaching. If you feel like there's something missing in your life, create it. It might be a calling or an invite for you to create it or provide it or create that action within yourself first if you don't see enough of it. So if you're feeling like everyone around you is shaming you and guilting you as a mother, it might be time for you to create the supportive tribe, you, tribe you've always wished you had or start creating the habits where you are praising other moms, uplifting other moms, not shaming other moms, not challenging their choices, not making them feel guilty for what they want and what they're doing or having some alone time or some me time. And that even looks like this. 
right? I'm saying guilting your, your mom friends and you're like, well, I don't really say, but you know what else it looks like? It's, it's simpler than that. It's me going to go get my nails done or me going out of town, you know, next weekend with my husband and y'all being in my DMs, like must be nice. I never get time away from my kids. That's guilt because then that makes the person or me, you know, for example, be like, damn, maybe I shouldn't be showing off that I'm enjoying myself. Maybe I shouldn't be celebrating that I'm having a good time because I'm also a mom and that makes other moms feel bad. No, fuck that. You start that. You start creating and leading by example, by uplifting and empowering your mom friends to put themselves first, to do all of these things, to communicate their triggers, to have honest conversations about motherhood and create that supportive tribe that you've always desired. Because if you're feeling heavy, heavy right now, it might be a calling and an invite for you to create it. If you don't have it, create it, be it, be the lead that you're looking for, the change that you're looking for in the world. Be that, do that. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to start feeding and pouring into people and moms that are constantly looking in the mirror and questioning themselves, feeling empty. And someone's going to go, wow, I really wish I had my attitude, your attitude about motherhood. I really like the way that you look at this. And they're going to want to pour back into you. And now you have the supportive tribe and the supportive friends and the encouragement and the accountability and the love that you're looking for as a mom. Because here's the truth. Here's the honest truth. We are all in this together. None of us are perfect. We're all winging it. Motherhood is something new for so many of us, or maybe it's our second or third time around. But in this 21st century, during this pandemic, during this shift, during this transition, it's all getting weird for us. And the only goal we need to have around motherhood is to do a little bit more than just be sane. Sanity's nice. It's important. But... Let's go above and beyond sanity. Let's be abundant. Let's love our lives. Let's seek hope, joy, and peace. Let's walk in our divine assignment, find our purpose, and put ourselves first so that our kids are gifted the opportunity to see the importance of putting ourselves first, walking in our purpose, and how you can experience your own joy from your own choices you make instead of becoming codependent on joy and happiness from receiving from other people. I hope this was helpful, guys. I know I miscounted the number. I think I said nine and it was six things, but I hope this was helpful. I hope you release this today and I hope this just encourages you to go love on one mom friend. Even if you're a mommy, go love on another mommy, send her something, send her a long text, give her a call, ask her how she's doing because this shit is busy work. It's not convenient. We're tied up. We're busy. We're stressed. We're trying to balance it all. Give her a call. Show her some love. If you are a mom, but whether it be of grown children, toddlers, multiples, twins, or infants, you just had a baby three weeks ago and you're confused as hell mamas, I love you and you are worth the and. You are worth it all. You can have it and whatever else you want, not or. You are worth it all. Happy freaking Friday. I hope you go into this weekend and you encourage yourself and everyone around you to allow you to have some me time. Happy Friday. I love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.